welcome to Slab Stocks Deeming Corners. And this is Jimbo. We're mixing it up here uh, with my co-host, Nate. Welcome, Nate. Hey, let's go. Let's go. So last week was a little busy for Nate. And uh, so we're going to switch roles here because all I did last week was watch baseball. And boy, do we have some exciting topics. A lot of rookies, a lot of uh, the runs are finally piling in, and it's just a good time. Baseball is so much fun, and even prospecting down in the minors. We got rookie ball. It's just a great time to be a baseball fan, to be honest with you. A great time to be a baseball fan, and yet I missed almost everything. Um, for those of you that don't know or maybe we didn't talk about it yet, I did. I cooked for a youth camp last week. Um, while also trying to get slab stocks work done. So we missed this uh, podcast, which is why we're doing it here, two in a week, which is fun. But uh, the the cooking obviously caused um, some hassles with uh, following baseball, watching any baseball, seeing any baseball news. It was pretty much I was just in the kitchen or doing slab stocks work, and uh, anything else got thrown to the side, which included uh, – getting any baseball news from last week so jimbo is going to guide me and fill me in on what i miss and we're going to get to talk about it which is pretty exciting for me yeah and if also if anyone else missed you know all the baseball stuff going on last week don't worry about it that's why we do this this podcast because that's all i do is watch baseball so we can give you a cliff notes on anything you might missed and what might be coming up uh that's what's fun about this but the big news as you probably know, Nate, Riley Green got called up. Let's, Let's go. go. Since 2019, I am I have been watching this kid even before the draft. I remember watching all the prospects, and I was I was so stoked because I was like, we might be able to grab Riley Green with the with the fifth overall pick, and he landed there. And ever since that day, I have been an avid riley green fan because he's just he's different i don't know what it is we've had other prospects i've even said on here with tour you know we've had all these other great prospects but riley green just i don't know something about it i have had so much fun watching him through the minors and it's it's fun because baseball is so much different than other sports we get to watch them from like the embryo all the way up to when they make their debut and i remember uh his first at bat i was like morgan my wife i was like Come here, come here, watch this. I said, This is his first at bat. Like, this is monumental. Like, this guy could be a tiger for 20 years, you know, be our next Al Kaline. He could be our kid's favorite player. She goes, They already, he, they, he already is their favorite player. I was like, We don't have any kids yet. She goes, I know, but he's going to be. So, just sorry, I'm rambling. Just very exciting. And uh, yeah, so very hey. exciting. That. Not every day your favorite team calls up a top five prospect who is also 21 years old in the majors. Uh, just a really, really fun time. Like, I don't know the last time the Brewers have done something like that, you know? Yeah. That young, that good. So, 21 years old. Like, young, he's a young 21, too. And he's missed most of the year because of a uh, an injury, and he was just – dominating spring training so oh man just so much excitement and you know there's been other prospects you know around the league and all of that that come up or even for the tigers that i'm excited about but there, it's different when it's like one that you 
actually truly believe in, which mm-hmm. is so rare because it's so hard to to find someone that had like that fits all the boxes of what we're, you know, that you're like, man, where's the red flags? Like there's obviously some still, but the, all the big, all the big red flags are not there, which is nice. So very exciting. Uh, you know, I can't wait to talk about it. All right. Well, let's talk about his statistics then over the weekend. Tell me, tell me what you saw. Cause I didn't get to watch the games. You obviously did. Tell us what you saw. Yeah, no, honestly, watching the games, and that's the biggest thing I always tell people, like, watch, watch, you know, do the eye test. So his first at bat, you could tell, you know, not a lot of nerves, but you could tell he he was like, I'm going to go up there, see what happens. Second pitch, little blooper over the shortstop's head, gets the first, first hit out of the way, which can be very, like, it can mess up your mind. You know, mm-hmm. Torkelson, it took him a while, I believe. And, you know, just other hitters where you have a young prospects. So he got it uh, got it out of his way, second pitch, all set. But the thing that was cool, you could tell the Tigers. I watch the Tigers every single day, watch them day and throughout. Like, they, their offense has been probably the worst offense I've ever seen. Everyone is underperforming, like, bad. I've never seen – and I've seen bad Tiger teams, but this Tiger, so far, it's been – just, I don't know. It hasn't been exciting. Everyone's pressing at the plate. Whatever reason, <laughs> the Tigers, Riley Green gets called up and everyone just starts hitting. Robbie Grossman, first home run of the year. Um, all that good stuff. Well, I, all right, I'm rambling. I'm going to go way too in depth about all this. But his next, we're going to go back to Riley Green. His next at bats, usually, you know, usually you, you get these Joan rookies that, you know, that are top prospects. They're not going to throw you any strikes. Um, and usually the young kids are going to be chasing because they're all excited. They're in the big leagues and, they, you know, they're seeing nasty stuff they've never seen. He was spitting on everything. They wouldn't, they didn't give him anything to hit. They were throwing them inside, um, throwing them inside, throwing them inside. And he was just eating them. And they were close pitches. He was just nothing. Breaking ball, spit on it. They just so he accumulated what two walks his first game, and then two walks his second game, um, and I'm his debut. He had two hits. I believe he went two for three. Yeah. So yeah, he went two for three. But here's the thing. He also. Sorry, I'm pulling up my. He had so he went two for three with two walks, and the one at bat that he uh, that he grounded out at, honestly, and I, this is me being nitpicky, but first first pitch inside called it a ball. Pitcher threw it the same exact spot. Umpire threw it a strike or called it a strike. Same exact spot, and I was like, I hate inconsistency. I don't care if the ump is going to call something that's off the plate as long as you know it's either yes or no all game. So you could tell Riley Green, like he, you could tell, and he like looked back, or not looked back, but like looked looked around for a second. You could tell, like, huh, what am I missing here? So pitcher throws another, or throws something. I forget what he threw, and then he basically threw it at the same spot that was a ball and a strike. And Riley Green swung at it. It was an inside pitch, and I think he, you know, it was a, it was a light grounder. But the fact that if if he would, if the ump was consistent, Riley Green would have probably known, hey, don't swing at this. It's been a ball twice. So, but anyways, you could just tell in the lineup, the, the pitchers, the, you know, their approach was attack other hitters, 
And um, for Riley, nothing, nothing in the zone, nothing. And it was cool because Torkelson was hitting behind him or in front of him, whatever it was, they, Torkelson was hitting right next to him. And it was cool to see both of their at-bats back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I always worry about with young young hitters coming up, big prospects. Torkelson, Torkelson was chasing everything, the same pitches Riley Green was spitting at. And it's just interesting because – that is such a key thing for me when I'm for, like when I'm watching young hitters their first year is their approach because then they'll start getting pitches to hit like Vladdy his first year he can hit a ball for miles but they once the the pitchers knew not to throw him anything they didn't throw him anything and that's why his stats struggled his first like his rookie year and but with the Riley Green He'll get pitches to hit sooner or later. They're going to have to th- start throwing him strikes. They can't just walk him every time if he gets that. Um, so, sorry, that is my in-depth analysis. Very, very fun to watch and uh, very excited. And he's playing center field. Uh, youngest center fielder, I think, like the third youngest center fielder to ever start in center for the Tigers ever. Like Ty Cobb's on the list. <laughs> I have. And I have. The Tigers have been around since the 1800s. Yeah, long time. Long, long time. time. Um, hey, I love that you brought up. You know, I I saw a story today about how Riley Green gets called up, and all of a sudden you could tell the difference in the clubhouse. You could tell the difference in the dugout. You could tell the difference, obviously, on the field. Um, my father-in-law talking to me. He was talking about how, uh, uh like. He's like Riley Green gets called up. They start hitting, you know, like they love watching the they love watching the Tigers. And it reminds me of last year, the Brewers, 23 and 25, 23 and 24. They trade for Willie Adamas and they end up winning 94 games last year. Right. Or 93 games or 95 games. I can't remember which number exactly, but it's like it's incredible sometimes what one guy can do. Hitting's contagious, dude. Yeah. And you get a guy like Riley Green that everyone's excited about. Everyone's pumped up in the stands to see him play. His teammates, especially especially Spencer Torkelson, who's really good buddies with him, excited to see him up. And now all of a sudden you have your best friend up in the majors with you. You both start hitting. Okay. Well, if Spencer and Riley Green are hitting, and I'm Robbie Grossman sitting back here, I say, man, if these young guys can do it, I can do it too. This is fun. If I'm Javi Baez, these young guys can do it. Well, let me show them how far I can hit a baseball, you know? And then all of a sudden it goes from from everyone struggling to everyone performing well. And then that gets into the pitchers. And the pitchers are like, well, if the offense is performing, I want I don't want to let them down. You know, Tark, uh, Tariq, Tark, Tarek? Tarek. Tarek. Tariq Skubal. Tariq. Um, he is obviously performing well. Casey Mize is obviously injured. But, you know, you get some of those other guys in there. And I heard Funkhauser is now injured. Um, so, uh, but you get some other pitchers in there. They're not going to want to let let you guys down. And, and obviously, Eduardo Rodriguez has now left the team for personal matters. And who knows when he'll be back. So, it's, like, tough. But I do think that if you've got a lot of journeyman guys type, type guys in there, they are going to be motivated uh, pretty significantly by a good offense. And, and obviously, the pitching results – Still won't be great because of what you have to rely on right now. Um, 
but it should it should be a boost having a Riley Green and an offense that's clicking. Yeah, so. and what and I'm telling you, dude, like having the clubhouse matters so much. And I'm not saying like bringing one guy in will you know make you a, a playoff team, but him like you could tell because the Tigers have been the the way that 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 they've been developing these young guys. They've been moving them up together and creating a winning culture is what is what they're saying. Same with the pitchers. The pitchers, they all basically moved them all the way up from the start, all the way up together. So they're all buddies. They all talk. And the hitters, like, for instance, Torkelson slid um, uh, slid home, and it, it was like a review play. And you could – in the uh, on TV, they were both sitting in the dugout, Riley Green, Torkelson right next to each other, and they're both sitting on the bench. And they're watching, uh, like, the, the video, and then the, the umpire comes out and, you know, says he's safe. They were sitting there and they literally like start hugging each other, like while, while sitting there. <laughs> but you like, you could just tell, like it was, it's like, it's just different. It's, it's that exciting factor. And, and I, and I'm such a big believer too, in working the count and all of that as well, where like a Riley green will help Torkelson so much. If he's hitting behind them, if, if Torque is hitting behind Riley green, because Riley green is going to work the pitcher and he's going to see a lot of pitches and he's going to be able to relay that on to Torque. And Torque might, because Torque has been just, he, he's swinging at anything right now. You can tell he's pressing hard where this could be. And I think I said this when Riley Green first got hurt in one of our episodes, like right before the season. I was like, Riley Green's going to come back. Torkelson, you know, he's going to know what's going on. Like he's going to have a couple months in the in the majors and relay all that info on to Riley. And Riley Green's going to spark the offense. And you could just, but you could just tell before even the game, like before even the call up that that could happen because of the past and spring training is, was when I really, really saw it. You could tell them all having a lot of fun because they were clicking in spring training. They were hitting, uh, obviously it's spring training, but, um, I'm excited, man. It's, it's just fun to be. It's fun when, when your team has something like that, when it's been nothing to cheer about for, for a while now. I agree. I agree. We've all been there. We've all been there with miserable teams. And then all of a sudden they get, start getting good. And it's like, this is this is really fun. Uh, can we talk a little bit about prices? Absolutely. So I just put up a post on Dingy Corners this morning. Riley Green, Bowman Chrome Blue, BGS 9.5 with three sub 9.5 subgrades and a 9. Uh, and I believe the 9 was on corners or edges or something like that. I, I can't remember now. Sold for $23.75. The exact same card, different, different, different card, but the exact same card, same grades, same subgrades in the exact same spots. So January 7th for 2500 So we're talking about a 5% drop. Was it auction or buy it now? It was a buy it now in, in January, but the other prices were similar. If I not, mean, the most recent one that just sold. The right? most recent one was auction. Okay. So we're talking about a 5% drop from January 7th till today, which isn't that bad, obviously. But like the dude that sold that car did everything correct. Yeah. He sold it at the exact right time. Uh, the weekend of call up on a Sunday. Sundays are always more popular than Saturdays. He sold it after Riley Green had a great debut, went two for five, four walks. Tigers are playing winning baseball this weekend. And yet, and yet, despite all that, he still lost money compared to what he would have, what he could have gotten in January. 
obviously not the same card, so not they didn't technically lose money per se. You could have bought it for cheaper, but like just what is going on in the world, obviously inflation and all that stuff. Um, it's gotten to the point where it's like, instead of making money right now, if you're selling something, unless you got it for super cheap, people should be happy to just not lose a ton of money. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been flipping. I've actually had more success than, than lately, uh, flipping stuff right now. So I'm like, so indifferent. I just, I, I don't know. But I, I mean, you can make money. We've made money on with buying cards, grading them, flipping them. Like we've made plenty of money that way at Slab Stocks this year in the last couple months, even. But it's just, it's just bonkers to me that you could buy this card in January for twenty five hundred, wait for call up, sell it the weekend of his call up. He does well, and you lose money. Yeah. That's like that's one of those things that's just like in the past that would never have happened. Yeah, I agree. I and I I don't know. It, it was a weird weekend because I feel like uh the, I don't know. There were there was so many there's with so many shows going on. True. I feel like True. like even when I'm at a show, I'm not buying stuff on eBay. I like I'm walking around and all that. Uh and I just feel like so Cuz wasn't the Chicago Sports Spectacular and the Midwest Monster going on at the same time? Yeah, and there's something else there's something else going on too as well. But there's just so many shows where, I don't know, weekends I feel like are tough on eBay because people are out and about. And I don't know. Like, I feel like I would never run an auction on on a weekend, even with the the debut. Like, I would have waited till Tuesday. Okay. Um, because honestly, I didn't even see that blue end, like uh, auction. I would have had it on a watch list. I would have bid on it. And I had no idea it was even there um, because I was out and about too as well. You know, obviously, I watched the game and everything like that, but not—I don't know. That that, that makes sense, and it's a, it's a lot easier to be like, "Oh, I'm going to turn the game on and do other stuff," than I'm going to turn the game on and track eBay on a weekend, especially like when you're an adult and you have you work all week and then you have chores on the weekend. It's like some yeah. some stuff, groceries, cleaning, laundry, all that stuff just has to get done. Weddings. Weddings, Weddings yeah. Me at least, I got one every other week. So, <laughs> yeah. But, so I, I, I get that. It makes sense, and I, I think maybe I'll go with that instead of the uh, negative outlook and be uh, disappointed by the, the sale. Yeah, because another thing too is I don't know about you, but when I have the, the rare stuff, anything true blue or lower, I'm not putting on auction. You let that, you let that on a buy. You sit that on a buy it now. The person that wants that, the person that has the cat, will will go and get that. Yeah, we're not worried about saving an extra couple hundred here or there. Like if they want it, they go get it. Like for me, that's what I would do. Um, so I don't know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Auction June nineteenth, like eight o'clock at night. So, huh. well. Um, what else do you got for us today? Well, we also I have, have, I do have one name I want to talk about. All right. Bring it up. Jack Sawinski. Oh, okay. Go for it. That's a so fun this, one. this kid comes out in 2022 Bowman Chrome, right? I saw a number of his cards. They were the type of cards that like, 
I'm saying uh, Jack Sawinski, a name like that. Who cares, right? <laughs> you and the names, dude. Connor Joe. Who cares? Let's go. Let's go back. Um, let's go back. Auto Bowman Chrome Auto, June seventeenth on auction, thirty-two dollars. All right. Now the most recent base auto to sell. Fixed price, a hundred dollars, June twentieth. Refractor. June 20th, $250, $80, best offer, June 20th. Like, it's insane. And, of course, it's insane because if you guys weren't paying attention to the Pirates this weekend, Jack Sawinski hit three home runs on Sunday or Saturday. Was it Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember now. I think it was Sunday. I think it was Sunday. He hit three home runs in one game. He's a rookie. Three home runs in one game, including the game-tying home run in, I believe, the seventh inning and then the game-winning walk-off home run in the ninth inning. For a rookie to hit three home runs, for a team to win four to three, and to hit the game-tying home run and the walk-off home run, I mean, that is like, that is a level of clutchness that is above and beyond. You know? They have the wrong scouting report on that guy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just... It, it it's just one of those things where it's like, if you were to ask me before this season if I ever heard of Jack Sawinski, I would have told you no, never in my life have I heard of Jack Sawinski. And uh, then he goes, and the only reason I had heard of him was because of ripping twenty twenty two Bowman. And then he goes and does this, and like last year in Double A, he had an eight sixty eight OPS, which is fine. Didn't play in 2020, and before that, he was pretty poor. 868, which is fine, which is fun, but, like, nothing spectacular to write home about. And then in AA this year, in 13 games, he had 1,100 OPS, and then he gets called up straight to the majors. And now he has a 783 OPS. And 11 home runs. Yeah. Pirates, dude. They, they, I think they called up like five people the last this, like this week. I keep seeing alerts. Call, call. Yeah. Jackson Winsky. So Jackson Winsky wasn't called up this week because obviously he's played 40 some games and has 11 home runs. So that'd be impossible to do in a week. But like Ivor Piguero, yeah. O'Neill Cruz today, both called up. Some other kid too, I saw. Um, the youth movement, man. I, I like what the Pirates are doing. Uh, holistically obviously they're a few years out but they they have some nice key pieces there honestly yeah and if you get a guy like jack sawinski you know a guy that probably not too many people outside of pittsburgh have heard of Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he has 11 home runs in a third of the season essentially that's like oh okay if we have a dude that is going to play the outfield for us or whatever he plays i don't actually even know what he plays let me look that up real quick um, but if you have this guy that you weren't expecting anything from, and he can become a 30 home run hitter, pretty cool, pretty cool, right field, left field, center field. So, yeah. and then you add on Iover Paguero, who got called up from double A, also, yeah, and then you add on O'Neill Cruz, who got called up 
from AAA. He hasn't been hitting the greatest in AAA, but he did get called up. And if he's shortstop and Piguero is third base or second base, and you still have Brian Reynolds out there, and now you got this Jackson Winsky that's at least interesting. Yeah. Nick Gonzalez. Uh, Nick Gonzalez, yep. Then you got Henry Davis. He's having a fantastic year, but he will be a few years out. But just, it's interesting. I really like this Lyavera Piguero kid. I have been since uh, Bowman since since he was in Bowman prospects last year. I remember mm-hmm. doing a video with my buddy Trey, who works at the Lexington uh, Roadshow Shop. Uh, he was the one I was like, out of all you know, Austin Martin's great, all of that. Live Air Piguero, he's the one I like the most, but they the they screwed up the Bowman first with him. So his real Bowman first doesn't have a Bowman first. And then they put him in Bowman Chrome for his autos. Um, but I digress. He he is the more well, well-rounded shortstop where his ceiling is very high. And he came over from uh the Diamondbacks on that Starling Marte trade, which the Diamondbacks do. They should never be allowed to trade any prospects because every time they do. Oh man, <laughs> they get canned, dude. Uh, since I was there, I'm hey, right. at least they held on to Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll. Yeah, true. At least they held on to a few, but but yeah, dude, the it, it's a fun youth movement right there. So Live Air Piguero had his first hit. I didn't watch that game, um, but I it, it was interesting to see and here. So I was actually thinking about this yesterday. So Live Air Piguero is in. Uh, was in double A, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Nick Gonzalez is in triple A, maybe. Okay, I might, or no, no, sorry, O'Neill Cruz was in triple A at shortstop. Obviously, Piguero probably could have been a triple A shortstop, but you know, there was a like a backlog where they didn't mm-hmm. want to have they wanted both of them to be playing short, getting those reps. So, that just like if you really go in depth about some of the research with prospecting. You'd be like, hey, why is this person still in double A? Why is this person in single A? If you look at the farm system, there, there's, there could be other reasons why. Now, here's the question. I agree with your, your hypothesis there, but they then called them both up. They can't both play shortstop. Yeah, but they wanted them to get the reps. That's true. Where they That's can true. interchange them. Um, but but because when you go when you really compare double A to triple A, the pitching's very similar. You know, it's it's still really good pitching, mm-hmm. like on both leagues. Now the majors is like a huge jump up. Obviously, like that's the biggest gap between any league. Um, but a lot of times they'll keep them in a certain certain league. They don't really care as long as they're getting the regular at bats. They don't care who's what. Like, they're like double A, single A, or triple A doesn't matter as long as they're getting consistent at bats. Yeah, uh, which I thought I think is interesting when if if you're hesitant on a player because of a league they're in. So moving forward, I assume Piguero plays third, Cruz plays shortstop, Gonzalez plays second. You got Davis at catcher. Likelihood is one or two of those guys kind of fail long term because that's the nature of prospects. But let's pretend that they don't. Let's pretend that all four hit. Pirates in pretty good position having catcher, second base, Third base and shortstop locked down. Yeah. And remember, we talked about this before the season uh, about their farm system and how how they could be a sleeper down the line with, with the talent that they have. And it's going to be fun to watch. That's what's fun. Like, it's it would be fun to be a 
a, uh, a Buckos fan right now. Imagine if they hadn't traded away, I don't know, Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, and Shane Baz. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, Shane Baz and Tyler Glass now would probably be bad right now because Pittsburgh is not the pitching development system that the Rays are, but still. Yeah. Still. Um, Jimbo, do you have anything else you want to talk about today? Yeah. So also another, another, uh, fun call up that we talked about in a recent episode, uh, Gerard in Carson in Carson. I can't even say his last name. I assumed it was Encarnacion. in Carson. Yeah. For whatever reason, I'm having a, having my speech impediment, but yeah, for the Miami Marlins gets called up. What was it? Hits a grand slam on his debut. For his first hit, did you watch that? No, but it, I'm. Was the, it, a, it, it was. He hit it opposite field, on a rope, and like that thing carried like sixty feet further than I thought it should go. It was very he, weird. He has some serious power, though. Remember how like we we talked about him a couple episodes ago, and he, I don't know what he did, but it all clicked for him this year. Like he was dominating the the minors. And if you file stats well enough early for the season, because each season is like a whole different story for a lot of these young players because they're so young. If you if you just watch the stats, you can find some sleepers like this early that no one's even talking about. You're going to miss on some of them because some of them don't sustain that. But mm-hmm. he was one this year. I was like, hey, for how cheap he is card-wise, that's an interesting play. And I'm not saying that he, you know, he's going to become this amazing player. But if you bought them early enough, you're definitely doing well right now. You know what's interesting? Purple Auto of Gerard sold today, $100 best offer. Base Autos of Jack Sawinski, $100 today. There's value, dude. There's Same with Alejandro Kirk before the season. I was I, There's value in like the, the, the sleepers where you're not going to be a, you know, make a, you know, be a millionaire. But it's easy to double your money when they're when they're so cheap. Mm-hmm. Like that hundred dollar purple uh, auto that you just talked about was probably like a twenty dollar card. Let ago. me let let me find out. Yeah, you and keep talking about while I while I look because this might take a little bit. Yeah, so that's another thing too. And right now, like this is my favorite part of the season because they're right now is like I call it my prospecting like window that you still can get a lot of these prospects that are that are in the minors, rookie ball, all that, where they might have Bowman cards and you can get them so cheap because they're not talked about yet. And they're like the next the next wave of the top 100 prospects because there's going to be so many players graduating that, oh, man, I have been just I – have, I have been going ham on – I'm checking everyday stats of the players I like. And um, Gerard is one of – was one of them from the early – uh, beginning of the year and I didn't buy crazy amount I just got like a like I think I got his gold his true gold Bowman first for like 35 bucks or something oh well and I was like I'll, um, I'll take that PSA 9 purple Bowman chrome auto out of 250 I think it wait is that an auto that's not an auto <laughs> Wrong title. All right. So a uh, non-graded auto, September 24th, $19.38. But then like December 2017th, $50. March 12th, $20. 
April 25th, $51. But even if you were paid $51 April 25th, you're still doubling up. So there's value, like there's plays, like, and you don't always have to go with the home run. I tell people this all the time. You take the small wins. I what I do is I'll take small wins like that all the time to help pay for the original investment and maybe keep one one of that player long term. Mm-hmm. Or, but also I use it to fuel my next one, my next play, and just keep recycling that. And you can just keep recycling that, um, which. I would love to do a segment on. I have a whole list of sleepers prospects right now that no one's talking about that that because they weren't big prospects a year ago, but they might be, you know, soon because of what they're doing this year. And that would be a lot of fun because oh, that would be a lot of fun. But I sorry, not to go backwards, but I want to I want to pick your brain on something. A little okay. uh so Riley Green. So there was an auction that went off on a platform, uh, BGS 8.5, Gold Wave Bowman First Auto. So the Gold Wave okay. sold for $1,350. So $1,352. So if you're selling the True Blue BGS 9.5 for what was it, $2,300? $2,375, yep. $2,375. I feel like you got good. You know, obviously they bought it at twenty five hundred and it went down, but I feel like that's still a good sale at that price, considering what you could have got a gold wave gold wave auto. What's your thoughts on that? So you think the gold wave is a good price or the blue? True I think blue is a good sold, price. I think what they sold the blue, you know, they might have been disappointed because they sold for less. It's still sold sold for a good amount. It's true. Um, maybe they overpaid. I would the way I like to do is I like to look at other people's like other players, Bowman Chrome, true blue autos. And that's how I compare prices on, you know, what their, what their value is on like, Hey, is this underpriced? Not, not for every, every player, but, but something like that where there's not a ton of sales on a true blue auto. Yeah. Um, Which I would have to do more research on, but I feel like if I, if I could have bought a gold wave auto Bowman Bowman first, for thirteen hundred, I'd rather have that in a thousand bucks than a true blue auto. Yeah, so I was hoping that was what you're getting at because me too, and especially BGS eight point five. Why not crack that bad boy and see what you can get elsewhere? Yeah, you know, maybe it was just a bad day for the grader. It depends on what it is. You know, maybe there's a, just a bad corner that there's just you know no point. But um, actually. If- Sorry, not to cut you off. I misspoke. It was a uh, PSA nine for thirteen hundred. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, that's my bad. I, I was looking at. I, I oh yeah, it. give me that gold. Give me that gold wave and a thousand bucks all day long, twice on Sunday. So even so, the way I look at it, like I don't look. You gotta. I try not to look at what I paid for something. I look at okay, it, you know what it, it is. What it is. I get twenty. I'm gonna get twenty three hundred dollars for this card. But what can I do with this $2,300 rather than just hold it waiting, you know, hoping it goes past the $2,500? I'd rather take that $2,300 and buy something that I feel like will appreciate better in time. So I would have taken that, bought the gold, keep a thousand bucks into something else. I mean, if if you can perfectly time it, yeah. 
No, of course, perfectly timed things are hard to come by. Yeah. But, but, but that's so many people look at like, oh, I bought it for this and I, you know, I don't want to take a loss. It's like, look at it as an opportunity cost. What else could you buy? Like, what do you think is going to appreciate more, this or that? And go with the one you think is going to appreciate more, regardless of what you paid in the past. Yeah. Uh, Aaron and I just had a great example of this. There was a George Russell true Topps Dynasty RPA out of five or ten on on PWCC Fix Marketplace. We're doing our PWCC flip quests every Sunday night, 8.45 p.m. to 10.30. If you guys want to tune in on YouTube, YouTube Live. And uh, we buy cards and we sell them and we try to make money. Well, we decided we were going after this George Russell. And so we ended up selling a bunch of cards to be able to afford it. One of which was a Ronald Acuna Topps Heritage Real One Auto that we sold and lost $1,000 on. But if you're okay, if you're okay with the card you're getting in its place, it's okay to lose a thousand bucks. And there was an example of a lesser card of George Russell than ours. That's all we bought it for nine. And this lesser card, this lesser variation, or is like the triple gear variation, sold for fourteen thousand dollars. So you have to realistically think that we're probably up at least five thousand dollars on our investment. At which point the thousand dollar loss on Ronald Acuna, who cares? Because that means we're just up four thousand dollars. Exactly. And that's and you know, I, I come from a finance background and, and when I was taking my like taking classes through all this, this is like that's what registered for me the most is like, okay, yeah, you're gonna take a thousand dollar, but would would you rather have fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, right? Like in, in a week. Okay, yeah, I'd rather have the hundred bucks. Obviously, well, then you're gonna have to take a loss on this one because that one's only gonna go up fifty when this other one could go up a hundred. And it, you you got to throw the past behind you, and you got to you know you make there's obviously gonna be mistakes, but there's no reason to 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 dwell on that mistake and keep losing opportunity costs on on something like look at it as just straight numbers on on the future. So um, that's taking and that's one thing that's tough about cards because. As collectors, we do grow attachments to certain cars, certain players. Where if you can throw that out and take and take that out, you can be extremely successful. Um, but there's, it's okay too if you if it is a PC card, and you know that it's okay too. So it, it just depends on your strategy. I agree. I agree. Well, Jimbo, we're getting pretty close to your cutoff time here. Yeah, but well, this dude, I'm pumped, and we're gonna do another one this week, right? Yep, we're doing another one Thursday. You ready for that? I'm ready for that. Two a week, two this week because we didn't have one last week. Make it up to the people. Give the people what they want. For the people, man. Dean Corners is for the people. That's right. Well, you want to close us out? Yeah, I'll close us out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, if there's any other questions that anyone has, wants to shoot us ideas, uh, we have Dean Corners on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us there. Shoot us a message there. Um, and yeah. We are excited to uh, to get this launched out to you, and hopefully you enjoyed it. All right. Well, with that, I want to tell everyone, have a good rest of your Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, uh, and uh, we will talk to you guys again on Thursday. Go Tigers.